SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. How about that football, huh? The best ever NFL Week 18 there has ever been. And we look back on it all and what it now means for the postseason right here on a Monday on the morning after on Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. The regular season now officially in the books across the National Football League, but it went out in style. The first ever Week 18 left us with a lifetime of memories. A tie game that was and then wasn't. Overtime thrillers that decided playoff spots, playoff positioning across the board. We will go through everything that you need to know from a wonderful regular season finale weekend across the National Football League. And if you have a football hangover on this Monday morning, well, let's rinse, wash, and repeat and get ready for the college football playoff national championship game tonight on a Monday in Indianapolis. An SEC championship game rematch now with a national title on the line. Number one, Alabama, and number three, Georgia. So much football to break down on the morning after on SportsGrid on this Monday. So much to detail and helping me to do that in this opening hour. It is another edition of the early after because the morning after joins forces with the early line. And one of the co-hosts of that wonderful program, Donnie Wrightside, Donnie Seymour, DRS as we call him, joins us here on a Monday to break it all down. Donnie, thank you so much for being here on a Monday. How about that football, huh? How about that football is right, Ben? Good to be here. But also, there were people in the offseason going, oh, man, in 18th week, we don't need another week of football. Give me another five weeks of football if we're going to get the exact same thing that we got yesterday in week 18. Sign me up, Ben. I mean, Donnie, it's pretty incredible to think about it. The longest ever regular season in NFL history, and it needs to go down to the final game of that regular season. Game 272 across the National Football League in the year 2021 into a new calendar year in 2022. And that final regular season game needs extra time into overtime in what seemed like everything that we had speculated about all week long, the idea that there might be a tie at stake between the Chargers and Raiders that would send both teams into the AFC postseason, it seemed, Donnie, we were going to get there. But ultimately, the Las Vegas Raiders win and advance into the postseason, eliminating their divisional foes in the L.A. Chargers with a last-second field goal as time expires. Daniel Carlson hits from just under 50 yards, and the Raiders win 35 to 32. Now, Donnie, the discussion about this game is going to come down to that final minute. And your co-host on the early line, Kevin Walsh, has been a Brandon Staley detractor all year long. And he called a timeout with 38 seconds left in that overtime that allowed the Raiders, as they openly admitted, to reevaluate their end-of-game process. What did you make of the final minute of overtime between the Raiders and Chargers last night? Well, I mean, if the Chargers could stop the run, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now in overtime, but yep. we are. But I honestly thought the timeout meant absolutely nothing. 
but I am here for all of the slander. I really am here for all for the slander for Staley because that was a talented football team. They should not have even been playing on the last game of the season in Las Vegas for a possible chance to get into the playoffs. They should have already clinched it. And yesterday, taking the early lead in that game, a terrible pass interference at the end of the first half to give the Raiders the lead and then go down 15 points only for your young stud quarterback to say, you know what, guys, get on my back. I'm going to lead us back here and finish with 383 yards. And it wasn't enough because at the end of the game, when you just needed to hold a running back, Ben, to two or three yards when you knew the team was running the football and you couldn't do it, that's why you lost. That's why you're headed home. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here in the opening hour of this Monday edition of The Morning After. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside alongside for this opening hour. And then we bring you up until noon Eastern time. Looking back on a wonderful regular season finale across the NFL. The best ever week number 18. A welcome to our terrestrial Sports Grid radio audience as well. And Sirius XM channel 159. So Donnie, looking back on that overtime session. You mentioned what Justin Herbert, the second-year quarterback for the Chargers, was able to accomplish. Five fourth-down conversions in that fourth quarter and into overtime to put the Chargers into place. They were down 29-14 to entering that final quarter. They come all the way back to tie it at 29 at the end of regulation. Then it's the Raiders who kick a field goal to open up overtime. The Chargers respond with a field goal of their own with four minutes and 30 seconds left. And then... As the game comes to a conclusion, Daniel Carlson knocks in a game-winning 47-yard field goal as time expires. The Raiders win outright as a three-point underdog to get in to the postseason. The total of 48 in a hook goes over, Donnie. The Raiders won four straight to round out the regular season in a very tumultuous season for that entire Las Vegas franchise. And now, Donnie, not only are the Raiders into the postseason, they're the number five seed in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, credit Rich Passaccia here. I mean, they could very easily around midseason just folded the tent and said, hey, what did you want us to do? Look at all the tragedy we had. Our head coach got fired. You know, we have a guy up on manslaughter charges here. And then you proceed with victory after victory. And let's keep in mind, they went on the road and beat the Colts, which was impressive enough. And then you beat the Chargers at home, which is equally impressive and heading into the playoffs. But I got to tell you, it's kind of interesting. The spirit of the game and the Pittsburgh backers love that field goal at the end of the game. But, Ben, I'm not so sure that was the right thing to actually do because the game was over and you won unless you got a field goal block that went back the opposite direction. Didn't happen. Raiders moved on. So we can always talk about that for another day. Right. It's the entire idea of what if, asking questions about what happened. But what we know that occurred, the Raiders, into the postseason. So much more discussion about the AFC anarchy yesterday to round out the regular season next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The regular season across the National Football League now in the books. We look forward to the postseason, but before we look ahead to the playoffs, we need to look back on how everything shook out the final weekend of week number 18 across the National Football League. And we do that right here on a Monday morning on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. Alongside Donnie Wrightside, Donnie Seymour for the opening hour of TMA on this Monday I am Ben Stevens. So, Donnie, let's go back. 
as we just discussed, the final regular season game, week number 18, game number 272, the Raiders win in overtime as time expires, 35-32, over their divisional rival in the LA Chargers in a game that if it had been tied, both teams head to the AFC postseason. The Raiders said, uh-uh, Rich Passaccia decides to kick a 47-yard game-winning field goal, and Daniel Carlson has still yet to miss inside Allegiant Stadium. But the reason that game could be as crazy as it was, the reason a tie was even on the line yesterday was because of one of the first games of the day on the Sunday slate. Anarchy ensued in the AFC from the very, very beginning. The Jacksonville Jaguars as a 14-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Indianapolis Colts and Indianapolis, potentially one of the most embarrassing losses we will see to end out an NFL regular season. The Jags win outright as a near 15-point dog, Donnie, by 15 points, 26-11. to 11. That game was never in doubt. Jacksonville was the far better football team in dominated Indianapolis, where generally the Colts are at their best across the line of scrimmage. The defensive front for Jacksonville yesterday wreaking havoc on that Indy offensive line, and the Jags win 26-11 to to send Indianapolis packing and eliminate the Colts from the postseason. Who would have thought the better team in the trenches, Ben, here on both sides of the football was the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who would have thought the quarterback on the Jacksonville Jaguars was better than Indianapolis's Carson Wentz? Well, it all played out yesterday. If there was one team, both Kevin and myself talked on the early line, Ben, said if there's one team you can pick as, you got to go on the road, and this is for a clinching game for yourself, who would you want to play? 100% out of 100, it would be the Jacksonville Jaguars, and rightfully so. They're the worst team in football, and yet yesterday, you could have fooled me, Ben, who was actually the yep. worst team in football. If you sat somebody down and said, I didn't watch a single snap from 2021 and watch this game, like, oh, man, hey, Colts, whoo, that's the worst team in the football <laughs> league by a long stretch. And no, it wasn't. And this was a team, Ben, that we were taking a look at. If they made the playoffs, could do some damage. And if you looked yep. at just the final statistics and took everything away and you said, Jonathan Taylor ran for 5.1 yards per carry, you would have said the Indianapolis Colts hung 30 points. Taylor ran for probably 240 yards and three touchdowns, and they won easy. Not the case. Start to finish, Jacksonville was the better football team. Yep, you guessed it. In the final month and a half of this NFL regular season, the Indianapolis Colts had wins over the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, and the Arizona Cardinals, all three playoff teams. The Colts needed to win just one of their last two games to clinch a postseason berth. They were an eight-and-a-half-point favorite last Sunday against the Raiders at home. They lose that game outright. They were a 15-point favorite on the road in Jacksonville to end out the regular season, and they lose that game outright 26-11. to I'm not sure you could draw up a more disappointing and frankly embarrassing ending to a season for Carson Wentz in the Indianapolis Colts. Donnie, in my mind, I don't think Carson Wentz should start another NFL football game. If he cannot beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to earn you a postseason berth in what is virtually a playoff game, he does not deserve to be a starter in the NFL. It is so disappointing to see what Indianapolis did yesterday, and they haven't won in Duval County since 2014. Jonathan Taylor only 77 yards on the ground yesterday, that Jacksonville D-line causing havoc all day long for Indianapolis. And when you look at the Jags, Donnie, when you look at how their season comes to a close, that was their first cover in the last eight weeks. That snapped an eight-game losing skid 
for Jacksonville. It wasn't like a Detroit Lions team that we saw put up a gritty fight each and every week. No, things seemed pretty terrible for the Jags. So now think about how things went for Jacksonville and their immaculate ending to their season because not only did they knock off a divisional foe, cause havoc across the entire AFC, they still end up with the number one overall selection in the upcoming 2022 draft. The Jags will draft number one overall two straight years a great day for jacksonville embarrassing for indianapolis and all of the chaos that we saw ensue after that is a result of that jacksonville upset because it opened the door for the pittsburgh steelers to find their way into the postseason the steelers in overtime another thriller as well big ben's final we assume regular season game in the black and gold on the road against an afc north foe and another fourth quarter comeback for the head man of the Pittsburgh Steelers and orchestrating that offense. The Steelers, Donnie, get a win in Baltimore, knocking off the Ravens in overtime, 16-13. to 13. Yep, Steelers win another snooze fest here, but this is a division rivalry that dates back, you know, a decade to 20 years where it's been incredible football. This game wasn't incredible, but still compelling to say the least here yep. as it goes into overtime and converting third downs and fourth downs. Say what you want about the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose offense was in negative one gear per se because Ben Roethlisberger had 65 yards passing at the half, no touchdowns and one interception. Looked like the writing was on the wall that Big Ben, this will be your last game. And it's not going to be one of those swan songs where you go out where they lift you up on their shoulders and leave the field. Fast forward into the second half. The door gets cracked open here where Huntley throws an interception in the red zone that could have put the football game away early in the fourth quarter. Didn't happen here. And then you fast forward to the end of the game where you saw a game-tying field goal here by Tucker. You get into extras, and also you see the first team with the football typically has the advantage so they can go out and win. The Ravens couldn't do that. The Ravens dropped this game, but this is more per se. I'm not so upset that the Ravens lost this game. I didn't even expect them to be in a position where they still might be able to make the playoffs with so many close losses and so many injuries but the simple fact is the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting into the playoffs they're going to take yep. on Kansas City as a double digit underdog but the thing we just talked about the game previous here with the Chargers would have been so much fun to let Justin Herbert sling it in the postseason and now we see Big Ben huffing and puffing down the field hoping to throw for 200 yards I think the fans lost overall Pittsburgh Steelers they don't care about the fans there they're in it they were sweating that out more than most, watching the Sunday night finale in overtime in the desert, just praying and hoping there was not a tie and that somebody would win the football game. And that happened. The Raiders winning in overtime. The Steelers winning in overtime. Both of those teams now into the postseason. In what we all assume is his final regular season game, Big Ben Roethlisberger, 30 of 44, 244 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception and the Steelers as an underdog this year seven and four against the number six of those seven covers outright winners for the Pittsburgh Steelers now the Ravens were only a favorite once in their final five games because of all the injuries not just to quarterback Lamar Jackson but in their defensive secondary as well but as a favorite this year Baltimore abysmal one of the worst ATS marks as a favorite in the NFL just three and eight against the spread not covering by nearly five points per game on average so the Steelers because of the Raiders win into the postseason Pittsburgh, the number seven seed. The Raiders, the number five seed based on that win in overtime. The number six seed, the New England Patriots, who go on the road in their season finale against the Miami Dolphins as a six-point road favorite. 
and lose that football game outright, Donnie, 33-24. to Not all that concerning. Didn't have a huge impact on the AFC postseason overall. But New England stumbles their way into the playoffs now, Donnie, losing three of their final four games. Yeah, poor performance here overall by the Patriots, who I thought should have been able to walk down the South Florida pick up an easy victory. But the Miami Dolphins came to play with nothing to play for them from their side. But Brian Flores obviously saying, hey, he used to be a Patriot guy. We're trying to establish a Patriot way down here in Miami. Good win by them. But it also leads me to believe, Ben, if we're heading into the playoffs, I'm not so sure I can trust Mac Jones to throw me to a victory. And maybe we got to root for a bad weather in Buffalo, which doesn't look like that's going to be the case this weekend either, Ben. That first time there was bad weather in Buffalo between the Patriots and the Bills, the Pats only threw the ball three times. We now go over to the NFC and how that side of the postseason shook out. That's next here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid network alongside Donnie Wrightside for the opening hour of TMA on this Monday. On this Monday, I am Ben Stevens. So Donnie, now that the regular season in the NFL is now over and finished, not only do we look forward to the postseason, but today is known as Black Monday in the coaching ranks because many moves will be made across the National Football League in terms of organizations looking forward to their future as well. And some breaking news really in the past five to 10 minutes out of the NFC North division, two big firings. The head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Mike Zimmer, is now gone, as is general manager Rick Spielman up there in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And then just a couple of minutes ago, Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears, as we all expected, has been fired as well. Let's begin in Minnesota Mike Zimmer unable to get the Vikings back to the postseason. Donnie, your reactions to Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman no longer a part of the Vikings organization. Good coach, good GM, but just not good enough. I mean, the name of the game in the NFL is to win and win at a high level. And if you're going to get a long rope there to try to win, you better do something here because sooner or later, when you start to see those 500 seasons coming to a head, you're going to be ousted here. I like Mike Zimmer as a head football coach. I do. But the simple fact is he did not get it done. Maybe he goes back retirement. Maybe he just goes back to being a defensive coordinator. We'll see here. But it was time for Minnesota to move on. There's a lot of talent on this football team. They're still trying to catch those Green Bay Packers here. You know that the Chicago Bears are going to move on from their coach. So you do the same thing to try to jump into that arms race here. It was time for Mike Zimmer to move on. We'll see what comes in the future here for those Minnesota Vikings. And then Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. We all had these rumblings that even around Thanksgiving, Matt Nagy would no longer be retained as the head coach of Chicago. They've never fired a coach in the midseason portion of an NFL campaign. So on the day following, Matt Nagy out in Chicago. We will see what the future holds for GM Ryan Pace if he is on his merry way as well. There will be a lot of speculation around the head coach of the Chicago Bears. We have already heard ties to Michigan head coach in college football, Jim Harbaugh. Donnie, who do you think the Bears should be targeting right now as they look to move forward? Now, you like to say some organizations that just mess things up at times. 
isn't it too easy? Like when you take a look at a line this week, like that's too easy to take the Indianapolis Colts. That's an easy victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel the same about Jim Harbaugh heading to the Chicago Bears. It makes way too much sense. A guy that's built on defense and running the football and everywhere he's been, he's built a winner to come back home to Chicago and build a winner right there. That has to be their number one target overall. And wouldn't it be something here if the Bears sort of, you know, try to make moves here, other couple teams fire away and say, hey, we're going to make some decisions and ends up like a Las Vegas Raider or even in their own division in Minnesota. It's too easy, Chicago. Make the right move. Jim Harbaugh would be a perfect fit there for me, Ben. We will certainly see some Big Ten head coaches tied to that head coaching vacancy now in Chicago, without a doubt. So that is Black Monday, and we should expect to see some more moves and firings across the NFL on this Monday entering the postseason. But let's continue to recap NFL week number 18, the longest regular season in NFL history. And on the final day of it, so many highlights and thrills that now paint the picture for the postseason. And Donnie, one of the best games of the entire day that had implications across the entire NFC playoff picture at the site of Super Bowl 56. SoFi Stadium, the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. With a win, the Niners into the postseason. With a win for the Rams... The Rams would have clinched the NFC West title and the number two seed in the NFC playoff picture. Well, the Rams ended up winning the NFC West, and we'll detail that in a moment. But the Niners come back from down 17-0 late in the first half. They storm back in the second to force overtime, and they win in that extra session, 27-24, as an outright three-and-a-half-point underdog to knock off the Rams and get into the postseason. Donnie, this game was so so exciting to end out the regular season and the Niners prevail behind the bad thumb of Jimmy G and all San Francisco into the NFC playoffs. Yeah, credit to San Francisco 49ers for not pulling the plug on Jimmy Garoppolo after being down 17 to nothing and in a horrific interception late in the second quarter. They were able to get a field goal before the half to try to get some momentum, and they were the better football team in the second half. But the reason I break this game down, and I think it's so interesting to me, because, yes, they stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. I actually thought they should have started Trey Lance in this game, but he ends up with 316 yards passing, one touchdown and two interceptions. And quite frankly, in the third and fourth quarter, Look like the better quarterback overall than Matthew Stafford. But at the same time, when we're asking a guy that we trade for, Ben, give up a lot of draft capital, paying a lot of money to, you need one drive out of this guy, and he gives it to you. You have a seven-point lead just above the two-minute warning. No real timeouts left here for the San Francisco 49ers. And you say, okay, I got a seven-point lead now after Matthew Stafford let us down the field, basically throwing to Cooper Cup. I'm going to get a chance to lean on my defense going up against Jimmy Garoppolo where they don't have any timeouts and they have to score a touchdown and go like 90 yards. Yeah, sign me up for that. Well, if you signed up for that, you lost because that big bad defense for the Rams didn't hold up on that last drive of the game and didn't hold up mm. in overtime either. That was the biggest surprise for me. But I love the fact that the San Francisco 49ers are in the playoffs. One of my favorite coaches in the NFL for sure is Kyle Shanahan. I just don't know how far Jimmy Garoppolo can take you. But you know what he did, Ben? He did take you to the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo, 23 of 32 yesterday, 316 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. But really the story was about Debo Samuel, who did a little bit of everything for the Niners yesterday as he has all season long. Four grabs, 95 yards through the air, eight rushes for 45 yards, and a passing touchdown as well for Debo Samuel. A quick bit more of breaking news, Donnie, on this Black Monday. And this one 
A little bit more wow. shocking than the speculation around Mike Zimmer out as the Minnesota Vikings head coach or Matt Nagy as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Adam Schefter of ESPN just reporting the Miami Dolphins have fired Brian Flores. The Miami Dolphins, who ended their year with an upset victory of the New England Patriots yesterday to get above 500, sure, missed the playoffs, but a 9-8 and eight football team. Donnie, you just said, wow, when you saw that news, what do you make of the decision out of Miami to let go of Brian Flores? They already have their guy in place. That's exactly what this tells me because Brian Flores is a really good football coach. Now, he hasn't had yep. the best overall record, but I look for trajectories and building the foundation, which you saw the Miami Dolphins. They play for this guy. So you're seeing some of the tea leaves coming out here now where maybe uh, Mr. Ross, the owner, so say Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, yep. maybe already looking at a connection saying, hey, if the Bears fired their head coach, I need to make a move for a certain individual, Ben, that we just talked about with Jim Harbaugh. Yep. Now we're getting fascinating here. I like this stuff. Let's go. Stephen Ross, a proud Michigan alum who has wanted Jim Harbaugh for a very long time. That would seem to me to be the writing on the wall. I think between Chicago and Miami, now having head coaching vacancies, all the rumors about Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan after leading them to a Big Ten title, a win finally over Ohio State, and the college football playoff semifinal, that Jim Harbaugh is probably heading back to the National Football League. All of this breaking news on a Monday here on the morning after. On Black Monday, the day following the end of the NFL regular season in week number 18. We were just discussing the Rams and the Niners. San Francisco wins into the postseason in one of those wild card spots. The Rams lose, and despite a loss, still claiming the NFC West crown. One final note about that game. Sean McVay has struggled mightily with Kyle Shanahan. Now six straight losses against San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. The Niners were only a dog three times this year, Donnie. They won outright in two of those three games, both against the LA Rams. Meanwhile, the Rams under Sean McVay were a perfect 45-0 entering yesterday's game when having a halftime lead and they led 17 to 3 at the break yesterday against sf the first loss under sean mcveigh in 46 games when having a lead at the half for the la rams not great as a favorite this year for los angeles just six and nine ats a favorite in 15 of 17 games so the niners into the playoffs as the sixth seed in the nfc the rams despite the loss still claiming the NFC West crown and will be the number four seed in the NFC playoffs. They still are the NFC West champions because the Cardinals blowing a golden opportunity yesterday, Donnie, to at least have a home field in their opening game in the NFC playoffs. The Cardinals losing as a six-point home favorite outright to the Seattle Seahawks 38-30 to yesterday. Donnie, the story has been the same for the Cardinals all, all year long. On the road and as an underdog, you don't want to bet against Arizona. But as a favorite, especially at home, yeah, the card's not great. Just 2-6 and six ATS as a home favorite this year. They lose their finale outright in the desert to the Seahawks, 38-30. What a fun game to watch if you're betting props in this one, right? 68 total points here. But I got to tell you, what is going on with the Arizona Cardinals? They step up and beat the Cowboys, but that tailspin continues now down the back, back stretch of the season. And if you're looking at this from an Arizona perspective, say, okay, look, the Rams are going to win anyway. The Rams won the football game. Didn't matter that much. The Rams ended up losing. So if you're the Arizona Cardinals now, that's like a double whammy, Ben. Not only did you not handle your business against a dead Seattle Seahawks team, but if you won that game, you would be home and you would be division champions and also 
So let's get something underway also. You have a game at home. You take a lead against a team in the Seattle Seahawks in the first minute on a, you know, the fumble that gets returned. That should be lights yep. out already for Seattle. Ah, last game of the season. We, uh, this isn't going to be our day here. The fact that you got blown up in this game, and it wasn't even as close to me as the 38-30 to 30 final score. You got rocked by Seattle. Doesn't bowl well here for Arizona into the playoffs. And I do agree that line that's moving up from 3.5 to 4.5 now as a favorite for the Rams, I think it's right. Maybe it's a good thing, though, Donnie, that the Cardinals are going to be an underdog and ah, are going to be on the road to start true. off the playoffs because as a road team this year, Arizona, 8-1 straight up, 8-1 ATS. When booked as an underdog six times this season, Arizona is a perfect 6-0 straight up. Yes, six outright winners for the Cardinals. Much more postseason talk next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this Monday, right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, so much football to bring you. Not only do we have the College Football Playoff National Championship tonight, not only are we recapping week number 18 of the NFL regular season now in the books and what the playoffs look like this upcoming weekend, it is also Black Monday, which means plenty of firings and changes across the National Football League within many organizations i am ben stevens alongside donnie right side for the opening hour of tma on this monday right here on the spiz grizz and donnie updates to bring you let's recap some of what we have seen in the last 15 to 20 minutes as it pertains to head coaching vacancies now in the nfl the minnesota vikings got things started firing both gm rick Spielman and head coach mike zimmer then an nfc north foe in the chicago bears letting go of their head coach matt nagy and general manager as well ryan pace and then possibly the most shocking of all the three moves we have seen this morning donnie the miami dolphins parting ways with brian flores the dolphins who won yesterday in an upset victory over their divisional rival in the New England Patriots. The Miami Dolphins, Donnie, who were a game above 500 and just a few short weeks ago were riding a seven-game winning streak and in contention for an AFC wildcard race. Donnie, in my mind, that move to let go of Brian Flores is the most shocking. What does it say to you? It's amazing. It says that there's two things in place here. When you look at, look, whether it's the NFL, you know, field of play, where it's a GM and it's a coach and it's a front office or it's in a boardroom, power struggles happen all the time and there are winners and there are losers and to see who comes out on top. You see the Ian Rappaport tweet out there. The Dolphins have fired uh, coach Brian Flores while GM Chris Greer stays at GM, a power struggle mm. in Miami. That basically means that you're on a three-way conversation after that game. It's Chris Greer. It's Brian Flores and it's Stephen Ross. Both of them make their cases. Stephen Ross says, you know what? I'm going to side with the GM here. We're going to move on. But also, make no mistake about this. People in the boardroom and get to this level, they are calculated. There is no way that this was a simple phone call that nobody saw coming after the game, which they had beaten the New England Patriots and actually finished the, get the season with a winning record after starting 1-7. and seven. This was weeks and weeks and weeks with talks with other football coaches 
Will you come to Miami? Let's put out a feeler here that they probably got over the weekend in OK that said a major change is coming. You're not giving up on Brian Flores, who probably the Miami Dolphins fan base loves. He's a national media darling. This team was one in seven, Ben, and fought all the yeah. way back. That shows that he has his ear to the ground in that locker room and those players will play for him here. And he lost his struggle. But at the same time, there is a big deal coming, and I wouldn't be surprised if you get a new head coach within the next 24 to 48 hours in Miami, and it's a big name. And if you are going to fire Brian Flores, a coach that led his team in only his second year in charge in Miami to a 9-8 and eight record, a winning record, that means you have somebody big to bring because it would seem one of the two personal relationships didn't work out either you were not a fan of Brian Flores and something was truly amiss there with that power struggle within the franchise in the upper levels or you just have a stronger personal tie to somebody else that you think can lead your football team to a brighter future and again Stephen Ross a proud Michigan alum who donates a ton of money to UM there has been some speculation that Jim Harbaugh is now interested in making the leap once again to the National Football League from Ann Arbor. That would certainly be a tie. And I think, Donnie, both of us are in the same assessment here, that if you let go of Brian Flores, a head coach that won you football games and ended with a winning record, you go to make a big splash higher, and you already have those pieces moving in the right place. I would not be shocked within the next couple of days to see Jim Harbaugh down in South Beach. Just something that needs to be put out there. So, all of this happening, all of the breaking news around the head coaching vacancies and general manager vacancies and organizational changes across the National Football League on this day known as Black Monday, the day following the end of the NFL regular season, the longest ever regular season in NFL history. The first ever Week 18 gave us tons of thrills and highlights and memories yesterday, Donnie, and that was the case for the Tennessee Titans at the top of the AFC because they did not cover on the road against the Houston Texans as a double-digit favorite, but they do win, and that's all Tennessee needed to do to clinch the number one overall seed in the AFC postseason. The Titans, the number one seed now, with a 28-25 to victory over the Texans. It wasn't necessarily easy, Donnie. The Titans led 21-zip at the halftime break. Houston made it a game late there in the third quarter into the fourth quarter, but Tennessee holds on for the victory. They will be the number one overall seed in the AFC postseason. The march in the hunt for a Lombardi trophy to SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl runs through Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, not a bad team either now. Getting healthy at the right time. They had a 21 nothing lead at the break here. Looked like they were going to cruise into victory, but the game ends up 28-25. to And when did Joe Montana and John Elway get after it here? How about Ryan Tannehill? 287, four touchdowns, no picks, Ben. A 139 quarterback rating or passer rating. And then you flip it over to Davis Mills. 23 of 33, 301 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. A 128 and a half. So one of those games that looked like it was going to be stuck in the mud here, credit Davis Mills. And I and I love the fact that this kid played this way throughout the rest of the season because when they took Tyrod Taylor out, yeah. they basically told Davis Mills, hey, sink or swim out here. This is going to let us know whether or not, A, you can be the starting quarterback, which would be a long shot, or B, just be an NFL quarterback and be on our roster. He handled it great here. They've been competitive down the stretch, and he's been a decent quarterback. Again, yesterday, 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, no picks. He's an NFL quarterback. We'll be on this team next year once again, Ben. Yeah, and the Texans will draft number three overall in the upcoming 2022 NFL draft. It's not a quarterback-heavy draft as we have seen in years past, 
I would not be surprised if Davis Mills is the front runner to be the starting quarterback in Houston moving forward into the 2022 NFL season. So when you look at the Tennessee Titans, the number one overall seed now in the AFC, they are getting healthier. They have a bye. They have home field advantage and need just two victories at home to get to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. And yesterday painted a little bit of a picture of what that offense can look like when you bring Derrick Henry back, although he did not play yesterday, but healthy wide receivers as well. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both finding the end zone. The first touchdown as a Tennessee Titan for Julio yesterday. Meanwhile, one final point about the Texans of teams that you might feel a little bit more optimistic about that went through tough seasons, that didn't win a ton of football games. The Texans... 8-8 eight eight against the number in 16-17 games booked as an underdog this year. Easily covering yesterday. They were even a 25-and-a-half-point live underdog at a point I saw yesterday. Donnie, the Texans easily taking care of that. So, Tennessee needed to win to be the number one overall seed in the AFC because the Chiefs won in the first game of a Saturday doubleheader to put a little bit of pressure on on the Tennessee Titans. But the Denver Broncos did not make it easy for the Kansas City Chiefs as the Chiefs were down 14-10 at the half, 21-17, although driving, entering the fourth quarter. A scoop in score for Nick Bolton, the linebacker for Kansas City, as the Broncos were driving with a lead in the fourth quarter about midway through, gives Kansas City the winning edge they need, and they hold on for a 28-24 victory over the Denver Broncos. But yet again yesterday or on Saturday, Donnie, the Chiefs not covering as a 10.5, 11-point favorite on the road against the Broncos. No, and this is also a game why Vic Fangio did get fired here. We've seen way too many of these right. games, Ben, over the past three years where they should have won this game. Not to say we can come in to say, hey, who do you think is going to win? Obviously, everybody's picking Kansas City, and Kansas City did win. But the fact is, that changes once you get into mid-game, and you have multiple leads, including still being up in the fourth quarter by a point and driving. Now, did Vic Fangio fumble the football that got returned for a touchdown? No, he didn't. But that's just an indication of what we've seen too many times out of Vic Fangio's football team. When you have to step up in the biggest moment, it's your team not being able to make plays. Sooner or later, that comes along with the head football coach. Now, take a look at Kansas City in this game. This is one where pregame, they basically lost Tyree Kill. The field was sloppy conditions here. You lost your starting running back midway through the second quarter, and you still were able to pull a game out on the road against a bitter rival and hold down that number two overall seed. That is a very good win by Kansas City because if they would have lost, hey, what did you want them to do, Donnie? It was bad field conditions. They technically didn't need the game. And, you know, the Titans were going to win the next day anyway. But they went out and played a hard-fought victory there. 28-24 to final. Good on the Chiefs. They're going to be a pretty good team to watch out for here in the playoffs. No doubt about it, Ben. So, Donnie, as we look at the AFC Championship picture right now and the odds to win that conference title on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Kansas City Chiefs, are still the favorite to win the AFC at plus 175. Actually, a couple of cents shorter than they were entering the weekend as a favorite at plus 210. The biggest drop that we have seen, the Tennessee Titans, plus 450 with the third best odds entering the weekend. Now the number one overall seed officially clinched and the second best odds to win the AFC Conference crown at plus 310. The Buffalo Bills now the third best odds, but the same price at plus 350. Cincinnati at plus 800 moves ahead of New England and those seven odds that you see right there Donnie to win the AFC championship follow the exact seeding route that the AFC playoff picture holds now entering this next weekend. 
Yeah, you know what's interesting too, Ben? We saw last week, and it was kind of funny because the Tennessee Titans basically still had that whole premise all week long was if they win this game, they're the top seed. And last week, they were number three in line for the AFC Championship odds here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So they move up to plus 310, which I still think is a fabulous price. You get a team that's going to be healthy. Two wins, and they're in the Super Bowl. And they're going to be in their own building if they win those games. Because when you take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs and why we love them so much, sure, it's Andy Reid. Sure, it's Patrick Mahomes. But if they were home for the holidays, as I like to say, at Arrowhead, I doubt anybody was going to beat them. So the Titans do have a legitimate chance, but there's one team in this mix. We're sort of down the stretch here. I can't quite figure out. That's the Buffalo Bills sitting at a plus 350 price. It seems like each and every week, man, we go, ah, this team not playing well. But they win by two and three touchdowns every week while playing poorly here. Their ceiling is so high right now that they play well. Watch out. But it's just a matter of can they play well or is it going to be, ah, this is why Josh Allen can't step up to Patrick Mahomes because he can't deliver in the biggest moments. Going to be a fun ride here in the AFC, and I'm looking forward to it. The Bills clinched the division at home in Western New York yesterday with a win over the New York Jets, 27-10. to In fact, covering a 16.5-point spread, which they were the big favorite for most of that week. So quickly here, Donnie, only about a minute and a half. Let's go over to the top of the NFC. A lot of moving parts based on the Rams' loss yesterday, but we knew the number one overall seed entering the day, the Green Bay Packers. They go on the road to Detroit, and they end up losing that game despite Aaron Rodgers starting and playing most of the first half, but still the number one overall seed in the NFC. Thanks to that Rams loss and a Buccaneers blowout of the Carolina Panthers, winning 41-17 to and covering as a near double-digit favorite. The Bucs now the number two seed in the NFC, and that reflected in the odds right there. So the Green Bay Packers remain the favorite at the same price at plus 170 where they were entering the weekend. The Bucks 70 cents shorter from plus 400 before week 18 to now plus 330 as the number two overall seed. The Rams will be the number four seed, but still the third best odds at plus 470. The Cowboys, thanks to a big win over the Eagles on Saturday night, the uh, number three seed, but the fourth best odds at plus 550. So, Donnie, that's how the NFC shakes out. Any value on that board quickly here before we head to break? Usually I would have value on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but with Godwin down and also Antonio Brown down and the second, excuse me, the running back, you know, certainly banged up as well. Maybe that opens up the door here for the Dallas Cowboys at a plus 550 price. They can go in and beat Green Bay in cold weather here. Let's go, NFC. The Cowboys, a three-point favorite in their game next mm. weekend against the San Francisco 49ers. The Bucks, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against the Eagles in their wild-card round game. We fade the public coming up next. College football is the topic of conversation. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one of the morning after on this Monday right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network alongside Donnie Wrightside, Donnie Seymour, DRS as we know him for the opening hour of TMA on this Monday. I'm Ben Stevens. There has been so much football to discuss. Looking back on the end of the regular season in the National Football League, week 18, and now what the playoffs have in store for us. But also, 
coaching changes on this Black Monday across the NFL as well. We almost forget there's a college football playoff national championship game tonight between Georgia and Alabama. So before Donnie goes, we get his thoughts on your thoughts. For the CFP Natty, it's time to fade the public. Donnie craziness football still happening tonight and it's a national title game on the line what's the best play tonight for the national championship game is it Georgia the favorite by two and a half points Alabama as an underdog once again getting two and a half the over of the 52 and a half for a total or the under of that total as well unsurprisingly Donnie Alabama is the favorite in this fade the public poll. Alabama getting two and a half points is what the public is saying. At SportsGrid TV, if you want your voice heard in this poll as well, to win about 47%. Alabama, the points, the best play. Donnie, are you fading the public? I've been on the public side for the past couple weeks here with a nice little run, but I got to fade the public in this one here. I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs. Now that line slipped below three to two and a half, even though what we saw just a few short weeks ago in the SEC championship game, they blow out victory by the Al about, excuse me, Alabama Crimson Tide. They ain't getting it done tonight, Ben. Fade the public. Georgia Bulldogs roll. What a party in Athens tonight. I do not think the public is going to like the result of tonight's game, but we shall see. Not surprising to see the public back in the dog in the Crimson Tide once again. Donnie Wrightside, one of the co-hosts of the early line, each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on the grid. Donnie, thanks for being here and reacting to all the craziness in football. More in the morning after, hour number two, up next.